if you got to know if your family or a bunch of people, if you got a family that could eat out a KFC buffet, yes, if you're not from the South, we actually do have KFC buffets down here. Um, Are you serious? Yes, yes, we actually do have KFC buffets. Um, but if you have a family that just the sheer amount of you, let alone the appetite that packs along with that, can eat out a KFC buff- buffet, you might want to make sure that you order that Okay, food. we can't just steer over the KFC buffet. Yeah, yeah, you've never heard of the KFC buffet? Really? I've heard of a Pizza Hut ca- uh, buffet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Pizza Hut got rid of their dining rooms and just used them as storage. Essentially, yeah. Um, I've never heard of a KFC buffet. Yeah, man, I got one down the street from work. <laughs> wow, we are in the South. Oh, yeah. Come on, drive on down to Sumner County, get out there to Gallatin. We got a KFC buffet <laughs> right, right for you. <laughs> I don't know. KFC, like, did they have a big reputation of, like, always giving people food poisoning? Um, now, this is something that I learned, luckily enough, from— be a lot of bleeps because we're saying oh, KFC a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> this one southern fried chicken place that we're speaking of— um, <laughs> There's a couple of them out there. There's some in Louisiana. There's some in Kentucky. There's some in it's if KFC. <laughs> <laughs> um, I but when I was working for a local chain restaurant, the food truck delivery uh, also went up to that local KFC right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, KFC has a huge reputation of just kind of being filthy, uh, usually on the inside. Um, but this particular truck driver had actually told me that hey. I travel throughout the entire U.S. Uh, yesterday, I was in Florida. Tomorrow, I'm going to be in Nevada. I'm like, all right, dude, you just drive all the places. And I've been into a crap ton of KFCs. That, sir, is the cleanest KFC I've ever seen in my life. So if you're in Sumner County you want to go to the local KFC buffet, don't be afraid. It's okay. It's okay. It's probably- I feel like I'm getting food poisoning just listening about it. Well, the, uh, the buffet or the KFC? Both. The fact that it's the same thing. <laughs> like, it's like, like, I've never felt well after KFC. I've never felt well after a buffet. <laughs> yeah. So then you throw those two things together. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I've never eaten at the buffet. I have eaten at the KFC. Never had any problems. Um long time ago, so I don't eat fast food at all now. Um, but I've never eaten at the buffet. But I mean it, my truck drivers look like they know what food tastes like, mm-hmm. and they know what's good food and what's not good food. Yeah, uh, especially fact that, fast food. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, if anybody has that naked eye of seeing what your back of house looks like, it's typically those guys dropping off your trucks mm-hmm. uh, because they're the outside aspect that doesn't cook in the kitchen, but they know it shouldn't look like that. Right. Um, so See, now the Pizza Hut buffet—that was my jam. Oh well, yeah. I mean, um, because there was a, there was a pizza like right next to my high school, mm-hmm. ten bucks or something. You get you get yourself a Pepsi and oh yeah, all the good old days. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember. Um, I mean, Pizza Hut buffets were. If any teachers are listening, I definitely went to class. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty. Of, yeah. <laughs> um, if there's any teachers listening? It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> Gave me a degree already. Ha 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 ha! I got away. Y'all thought that that note go back to the band classes, go back to band. No. <laughs> I left. Oh my gosh, I did that all the time. Oh well, that's like, what you have to. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go to a band room and practice. And yeah, well, I have band practice. We've got a gig tomorrow. I gotta go to band practice. Okay. Yeah, my band mm-hmm. teacher would just like give me like, just like a stack of notes. Yeah, or yeah. not even like a stack of notes. He was just like, just tell them if you want to go, just tell them that you're coming. Yeah, here. and that's that's how mine was. Dave, <laughs> yeah. my, my band teacher was definitely just like, Dave, just just tell them you come down here for practice. Yeah. 
It's okay. That's fine. And most of them were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, what are you going to say? Um, God, man. It's, well, let's do this. Just, let's take a break real quick. Okay. And uh, um, we'll we'll get back into it. All right. We'll get back into it. Absolutely. All right. All right. So uh, I think on today's topic and the episode we're going to do today is going to be uh, catering flops. Yeah. Catering flops. Um, this is going to stem from uh, an event I went to uh, last night. Uh, it was a family reunion. Uh, it was a great time getting to see family we haven't seen in years, but uh, it was a catered event where everyone had to come. It was a banquet style. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the dress code flop a little later on, <laughs> but uh, just the catering part of it, uh, everyone had to come in, and there was a ticket that you had to buy. It was a $30 ticket, and that paid for, of course, to help pay for the reservation of the room. Which is Plus, weird because, I mean, people usually don't sell tickets to a family party. Was, that's the thing. It's, it's a family reunion. Um, though I love my family deeply, uh it's going to be hard enough for me to get up and want to actually go spend time uh, right. out of my day to designate for this as it is. Uh, but then to throw in the fact that we also have to spend money to go out there and dress in a certain dress code uh, at a venue that is not necessarily uh, close to the house, which is understandable because we have a lot of family that was coming out of the state. Um, I mean, but, how, far, how far was it away? Uh, from my house, it was about an hour. Um, and for the people who do live in the state, no one actually lives in that city <laughs> at all. Uh, the family members that do live in the town, uh, no one lives within 30 minutes of the city, actually. Oh, okay. um, but it was, I don't know. It's just where they decided to hold it at. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was already strange right there having to pay for a family reunion. That's not something you really see. Maybe – uh, help contribute for like a pavilion somewhere outside. Yeah. I understand something like that, or maybe people might do like a little buy-in or something like that. But uh, to actually like buy tickets for a family reunion, that was that was definitely different. Because um, usually you just host at someone's house. And you have to- well, yeah, and and when I was growing up as a kid, that's that's how we always did. Because um, a little background, my family, my great grandparents had uh, eight boys and girls, so it was a pretty extensive family. Of course, they went out and had their kids and their grandkids and their great grandkids now. But uh, growing up as a kid, that's just kind of was. We had all the family. Everybody came to a family member's house, and we cooked out. We hung out outside. Kids ran around the yard. That was just kind of how we always did it. Uh, always had a good time. Never any issues. Um, I, I don't know why we've gotten away from that. Uh, I know that time has gone on, and, of course, the people who were hosting it were the first generation. Of course, they're getting older, and it's hard to host it now. But, yeah, no, it's, it's not something you would typically see uh, into just being a large event like this. But uh, – even when it is a large event like this, and even I'm even if you exclude the fact that you had to pay to get in here, you kind of expect that if you're going to pay for it and you're expecting to get something for your money, that you actually receive it. Uh, mm. The situation we ran into last night was that you paid your money for a catered event. Uh, the food options is something else we'll, we'll delve into, but what was sad to say the least uh, for what you were paying for uh, but the one thing you cannot do you cannot run out of food right that, I mean, what, what kind of venue was it I mean was uh, it just it, a, it was in a hotel it was a hotel okay uh, it, it was a hotel um, it they was, usually have a pretty big kitchen there yeah exactly I don't think that there was I won't put this on the hotel I won't put this in a hotel kitchen by any right. means I put this on whoever made the reservations and made the portion sizes out Calling out a family member. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to call it out, absolutely. Um, because, you know, doing a little research and just doing a little bit of background information, finding out, okay, how do we go about catering party? And you go by 
okay, do you want to uh, portion your food out by what you consider portion size per person? Or do you want to just buy in bulk and just say, hey, here's enough food to feed everybody in Army Plus and whatever's left over, hey, it's left over. That's a couple different options of ways you can go about it. But if you're going to go by portion size, you have to understand a couple different things. One, um, what you consider the portion size for yourself is not necessarily the same portion size for everyone else. Uh, two, if these meals aren't pre-plated, then the portion size goes goes out the window. Right. If, it, if it's a buffet, I mean, there are people yeah, just going to exactly. Uh, you know, if this plate. was something like you were paying per plate, you wouldn't have ran into this issue at all. Right. But if it's more of a buffet style where you just put out a couple of uh, warmers out there with food in there and you let everybody help themselves – well, you got to understand, you know, people are going to help themselves. Right. Uh, their kids are going to help themselves. Their grandkids are going to help themselves. It's just kind of how it's going to be. Uh, and then when you're looking at a, a venue where you're hosting, uh, I would say, 50 to 80 people here, um, not only do you have to look at that, the saying, hey, we're not, we're self-serving this segment of the food, uh, you got to always use your mind and use your best judgment. Um, for me, I would have looked at it and said, okay. Though I could say, let's say chicken tennis was served. Yes, chicken tennis were served for a $30 plate. Uh, <laughs> but let's say chicken tenders are being served. Uh, if you're going by the portion size that everyone is going to eat uh, two chicken tenders, uh, that's that's probably not the best judgment. That's a kid's meal. Yeah. <laughs> if that's typically the size of a kid's meal, uh, you have to be upfront with people, letting them know that this is not their dinner. Um at the same time, if you're hosting a, a venue or, or hosting an event that's supposed to go until 10 o'clock at night, you also have to expect a lot of people are looking at this as their dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if they're drinking and everything, too, they're going to keep eating. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. There, there, was not really a, there wasn't any bar or anything set up like oh, that. No, um, right. no, honestly, it was, it was one of those things where you know, there was no soda, no tea. There was water. Sure. You had water. So we'll get into the food now. Uh, I believe that was served. That was a very small side salad you made yourself, and it was just like baby greens, arugula, a little spinach in there. Um, I do love me some arugula. I, I love me some arugula. Um, then you had they had some, uh, mashed potatoes. They had a few scones. They had um, a chafing dish for chicken tenders, and it looked like they had a a nice roasted pork loin. Mm-hmm. One, one, one pork loin. Cut into about 15 segments for 50 to 80 people. Uh, <laughs> and, and so that was it. And so, um, you know, of course, what you would hopefully see in every family reunion, you let the elders go first, of course. Right. Elders go first, you get the moon, and then you kind of just work down the train from there on. Yeah. Um, and then get the kids in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing when it comes to trying to budget and see how much food you might need for this. And this might be hard for some people to hear. You have to know your family. Right. I have a family of foodies. Not a single person in my family is going to be content with two chicken tenders, a small arugula salad with a small scoop of mashed potatoes. And one bite of pork loin. And, and one bite of pork <laughs> If you were able to get there before all 15 yeah. pieces were gone. Uh, that's just not the kind of family we are. We, if you... We're talking about how family unions used to be in the past and how you typically see them. They're always a big cookout, but there's always yeah. plenty of food. There's food everywhere for everyone to eat. That's how it's always been. Um, see, that's different for me, though, because I don't have that big of a family, so we've never yeah. really had a family reunion. So I've never been to a family reunion. Um, gotcha. I've got my parents, uh, had grandparents, um, aunts and uncles, and some cousins. Right. 
Um, but they live every, like, everywhere. Like my, one of my uncles lives in Alaska. The others mm-hmm. live in Kentucky. I've got one that's in Colorado. I got one that lives in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So like, we're always so spread out and then we were close enough, mm-hmm. but like, we're not going to set a time each year because it'll be like 12 of us. Oh yeah. So, like, see, well, when you're looking at a, a, a small close knit family like that, it does make it more difficult. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have family spread out. I know, um, Two of my great aunts are they live in Jersey. I uh, have a great uncle who lives in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of them are kind of just spread out throughout Tennessee as a whole. Um, yeah. And so yeah, and that's why this was what we like to call what they coined it as the second annual family reunion. So I guess this has nothing to do with how it was in the past. This is a new uh, new setup they've decided to go with this year, um, and so. You know, it's just, I guess it's because it's the second generation of kids that are actually starting to host this thing now. Yeah. Um, I think the closest, now that I think about it, I think we did have kind of a family reunion. Um, we went to Kentucky once. So it was my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary right. or something like that. Right. And they lived in Lexington mm-hmm. along with uh, my dad's sister and her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, her, his other two siblings from Colorado and Alaska flew down. Right. For the party. And then, I mean, there, yeah, there's about 12 of us there. but And see, I remember growing up as a kid that, you know, there really weren't, when I say family reunions as a kid, any holiday we got together was pretty yeah. much a family reunion. So if we got together for Thanksgiving, well, you had everybody there. It might as well have been a family reunion. Um, so there, like I said, at that point, there was no expect of putting money in to pay for a plate of food. It was right. you get in line, you let the elders go first, and then you better get in line and get your plate while the food's there to last. So you had no reason to complain. Right. Now, if you're going to pay money to book you not only a table, which there weren't enough tables, or even a chair, which there weren't enough chairs, but to also reserve you a plate of food, which there wasn't enough food, you kind of feel like you got skimmed out of 30 bucks from your family. Yeah. <laughs> like your family just kind of ripped you out of 30 bucks. Uh, it's, and it's grandma's big scheme right there. Yeah. You know, I was like, really? This, this is how this is going to happen today. All right. Uh, I will not see you guys in the next four years. Um, but going back to the basis of just catering, these are all things you have to go through. You have to realize that, hey, if you're going to be the one booking this event, you're going to be one making sure that you're going to be providing all the food and condiments mm-hmm. and refreshments for this event. You've got to know your family. You got to know what they're like, and you got to know what kind of portion sizes they like to eat to make sure that you have enough food. Uh, I think the most hilarious thing at the end of it was, you know, there were about about twelve people who didn't get any food left at the end. Um, oh, wow. Me, my uncle, and uh, his son, my first cousin, uh, included. And um, we were kind of just sitting there and laughing about it. And it's funny because me and my uncle were laughing about it mostly because we both have been in the restaurant business for well over a decade. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing it and worked in uh, as a line cook, as a head chef, as a um, as a, a bar manager, as an assistant kitchen manager, as a kitchen manager, and as somewhat as an owner as well uh, in different aspects of it. And you know, he has way more experience than I have in working in uh, many big industries. That we just kind of sat back and looked at this thing. It's like, God, there's no way this was done right. And when I say that, I don't want to put the blame completely uh, on the hotel and the kitchen that did the catering aspect of it. Because it was our place to make sure that enough food was ordered to provide everybody with enough food. Uh, there was still problems with that aspect. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I've I've ran a hotel bar before. Right. Um, I was the bar manager at a bar here in Nashville. And... Uh, I was 
pretty much the assistant GM because that's what pretty, my jo- what my job was. Mm-hmm. And I would always with the PM shift, so I was up there every night. But we did a lot of catering, and so I had to order the liquor and everything. Mm-hmm. But when the executive chef wasn't there, that was on me. Absolutely. So I get these people coming up to me and just like, oh, so we've got about 50 people coming in tomorrow. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got booze. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just bringing back horror stories and dreams yeah. that I still wake up and just like, oh, I don't have enough food for this party. Absolutely. Um, so it's a little on the hotel if they knew how many people were there, they gave a recommendation. Absolutely. Because um, we did that. We had, like, packages that people could order. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all plated food, too. It wasn't buffet or anything like that. Right. Um, so we just gave them a, pi- a package option, and you got X amount of people coming. These are the two that you want. Right, there you go. Um, so it is on the hotel a little bit. Um, one big thing, though, was making sure that the staff knew what was in the dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If uh, if you have a waiting staff that they're not plating the food, but they are there behind to make sure that yeah. everything was out presented to you, make sure you had clean plates, silverware, such and such. Mind you, we also ran out of silverware. Um, well, yeah. One, <laughs> you, one you would pretender. think that uh, if someone comes up and you say, all right, well, this looks like a tasty salad, but what are these dressings? And if you look back to the person who is part of the waiting staff that is presenting this food to you and you ask them, what are the dressing options that we have today? Uh, you first would hope that they wouldn't automatically reach in their pocket, grab out a piece of paper, and start fumbling through trying to figure out what it is, what party are they working on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think at this point in time, there were at least two other parties that were going on at the same time. I know there was a wedding happening as well. Um, so it, it could be confusing. I kind of understand it from the worker aspect of trying to manage all these different things. But if if you reach in and you grab the itinerary out of your pocket of what's what the spread is, and then you still say, honestly, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that is a big vote of no confidence in yeah. what I'm trying to put in my body now. Uh, if, if I'm in any restaurant and I ask, hey, what is this dressing? And they look at it and they look at you and they say, honestly, I don't know. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. I, well, <laughs> if you don't know what that is... Um, how do you know what the rest of this stuff is? Oh, I can go ask someone. No, yeah, I'm good no, now. no, no. I probably, I probably oh, don't want to touch it. <laughs> uh, you know, I was not. I was going to be that experimental today. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something right there as well. You got to make sure that your staff is somewhat knowledgeable about the job that they have at hand. And if they can't handle the type of volume where they're having multiple jobs at hand, then you need to put more men on deck. It's just how mm-hmm. it is. Uh, more people. Let's be general neutral. Um, you just got to put more bodies out there on the floor to make sure that you can handle that. You got to make sure you handle your guest request. Um, but yeah, I this is the first time that I've ever been to a catered event where there was inadequate seating, um, inadequate placement, and nowhere near enough food to feed this hungry, hungry family <laughs> uh, that you still had to pay for. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only thing I'm I'm rallying through my head at this point in time is, wow, um, I just spent thirty bucks for a seat and a plate of food, and I barely got a chair and a glass of water. I, you know, <laughs> not even a glass of water. I mean, like it's, it's like a third of a solo cup of water <laughs> is what I got. I mean, a teeny tiny cup of water, and that was it. Yeah. Um. Now, was there like, did more people show up than expected? Well, that's the thing. Um. 
I don't believe they were taking money at the door. Mm-hmm. This was definitely an RSVP thing where you had to have your gotcha. money sent in and it was reservations all that had to be made. Um, I don't think that the family, like I said, this this is why I also say that I can't necessarily put this completely on uh, the restaurant because this is going to be the catering flops episode. This is not going to just be about, hey, this is what caterers are doing wrong. This is this is also about the consumer. This is You're the one that's going to be ordering this food. You're the one that's going to be providing this environment for your family or loved ones or whatever kind of event you're doing. You've got to make sure that you know the clientele that you're working with yeah. to make sure you get the proper necessities you have to have. Um so, you know, uh, there could have been people who bought a ticket Friday, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the event was Saturday. And so that's why there wasn't enough food. It, it could have easily been that. But that's why I said it kind of goes back on, yes, whoever was doing the catering could have done more, um, especially when it came to the knowledge of the waiting staff. Uh, and, yes, a lot more could have been done from the people who were setting up the catering, the people who were ordering the food and setting up this entire event. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of want to go back in the background of a couple things you want to go through and just kind of bullet point them a little bit. Um, one, in my mind, when it comes to catering, there's really not such no such thing as having too much food, especially if you're doing it on a buffet style. Right. Um, I guarantee you, whoever's at that place, if chances are if you overorder, you're not going to overorder so much where you're taking home five containers of chicken tenders or right. you know 15 pork loins or anything like that. There's going to be a little leftover. I guarantee you somebody's still going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who might want to take something home. Um, there's might be someone who, hey, my husband couldn't come to this family reunion today, but he's going to be hungry when he gets home from work. Let me take a plate home. Yeah. Take it home yourself. You've already paid for it. It's something you can eat the next day or that mm-hmm. night or, you know— at the least, you could take everything that's been left over there because I guarantee you it won't be such a huge dollar amount that it's going to hurt your pocket. Take that money, take it to your nearest home, homeless shelter. Yeah. I yeah, you, you donate it or even just leave it at the, the venue or something and you fed the, exactly. the stuff. Then. Because it, here's the thing. If you do overorder and you do not take it with you, they're going to throw it away. Yeah. That, that That's that's policy. They have no choice. They're going to throw it away. Yeah. Um, or, or the staff will eat it. Or the staff's going to eat it. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, you're going to have an option of saying, hey, just make sure that you order enough mm-hmm. a little bit more is not going to hurt it's not going to break the pocket and you know i don't know how this particular place was set up on portion amounts mm-hmm. um i know i've seen certain different things like we said talk about earlier you have where people do a serving size per plate yeah um and then you know i've worked in places that did catering where you got a certain amount per container like mm-hmm. you say hey i'm ordering a, a a chicken tender box all right well you get 25 tenders in this thing then you can go through and say, all right, I need to order like five of those things to feed this family. Yeah. And so I don't know how they had their menu set up, um, but it's it, it was just mismanaged. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely on that aspect. Yeah. Like the way the way I used to do it at, at the hotel I worked at was I always recommend like make sure there's enough for everyone to have a little bit of each. Absolutely. And then uh, order a little bit more. Absolutely. So it, it's just you're covering your bases and mm-hmm. – um, Making sure that everyone has a little bit of something. Now you're going to catch like a vegetarian every once in a while. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, "I'm not going to eat this in there, so I'm just going to eat the salad or mm-hmm. or or whatever." So then you have a little bit extra there. Absolutely. But always make sure that you have enough for everyone, even depending on their dietary needs, because someone's exactly. going to eat it. Exactly. So they're going to eat more of the salad than than the tenders, and the people are going to eat the exactly. tenders more than the salad. You're, you're going to have some kids it's there that don't out. like salads, so yeah. they're going to eat an extra chicken tender or more mashed potatoes. You're going to have yeah. – it's just how it's going to be. Yeah, it's all going to even out. Yeah, and it's always going to even out if you just look at that aspect of it. But um, 
you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're providing food for a certain amount of people and you don't have enough food to provide for that certain mm-hmm. amount of people, <laughs> especially if everyone is paying for that food. Right. Uh, that's 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 a big no no. That's a no no in, in any industry mm-hmm. you work in. Uh, not being able to have uh, enough to uh, enough profit for the demand you have out yeah. there. Yeah, and it's the same with like weddings too, like that. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and anything that is which is a mass amount of food. Um, one thing people got taking effect is that is it a dinner or is it like hors d'oeuvres exactly because if it's hors d'oeuvres you don't you want to run out of food yes yes. um because if people just fill up on on hors d'oeuvres sandwiches and appetizers stuff like that they're gonna get tired they're gonna (laughs) go home it's not gonna be that great of a party absolutely but Um, if it's an actual like plated dinner or something yeah you got to fill them up exactly and and also i think that's also going to go into place with you know, what time of day are you planning this event? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're planning this event to be around 9, 10 o'clock at night, yeah, that's dinner. You're yeah. providing these people with dinner. You're not going to provide them with finger foods at dinner time. Yeah. Um, because in their mind, that means they have you to eat do, dinner at 9 or 10? Yeah, I'm old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you like, yeah, I have to be up really, really early. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, 9 to 10 at the latest. Typically, I cook dinner and have it ready by 7. Yeah, that's what I was more thinking. Um, uh, and I usually try to sit down, but I also have a little one at the house that's, yeah, that's true. running amok. So though I can have dinner ready at 7, doesn't mean I get to sit down and eat it at 7. Right. Typically, it means, all right, well, dinner's cooked. Now I have to throw you in a tub and get you ready for bed <laughs> and, and try to get you to sit down and might eat something and then work for another hour for you to actually go to sleep. Then I can sit down and eat. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I would say 9. But I mean, if you're having an event from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., that's dinner time. Yeah. That any any hour in between that, mm-hmm. that's dinner time. Yeah. Um, and, and usually, if it goes like later in the ten, if it goes into like one or two, throw out a pizza or something, uh, just yeah. a little little appetizer or something to um, fill up your stomach at late at night. And and another thing that I didn't see here at this event that could have helped out and could have spread out the meals a little bit more. There were no uh, fresh cut veggies. Mm-hmm. There were there was no uh, meat or cheese tray or uh, veggie plate or anything like that. It was just here's salad, here's tenders, here's mash, here's fifteen pieces of pork loin. That's it. Oh, okay. Okay. So and and that's just something that's very cheap and inexpensive that you can just do. You can honestly get it cheaper by doing it yourself at home. Yeah. But you know, even if you wanted to go to your local uh, grocery store and buy a couple of meat and fruit treat uh, plays, uh, they're not expensive. And I mean, they go they go a long way. Yeah. Um, but you've got you because nobody's to. gonna eat the radishes in there. Exactly. So someone feed someone, I guess. Um, and hey, if you have a vegetarian, hey, you're at least providing more options. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you have to make sure that you provide enough food. You have to make sure that your staff is definitely knowledgeable about the food that they're presenting to the customers. Um, and you got to make sure that if you're gonna hold an event where you're expecting people to pay money for a certain experience. You got to come through with that experience. This ain't the fire festival, or right? you can't mm-hmm. just get away with taking people's <laughs> money and then just things don't work out. Yeah. Um, you you have to make sure you provide that experience. And I think the funniest part about the whole experience was when food ran out, there was actually cousins offering to find the local chicken joint and go down there and buy some chicken. Like we'll give you some money, just go down to Bojangles and get you some chicken. Um. No. <laughs> no. You shouldn't have um, to deal with this right now. Uh, and Bojangles go cost $10. I paid 30 bucks for this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that, that, that's not an option either, guys. Don't don't try to just say, oh, well, they ran out of food. So, hey, how about I just give you some money and just run out to the McDonald's and get you a couple cheeseburgers and we'll call yeah. it even. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, don't be as scared to order more food than you need. Um, it's, it's always I'm just going to make sure you have enough to cover your bases. Um, yeah, and if you realize, like, oh, we're only halfway through the line, we're almost out of food. There you go. Go find someone. <laughs> exactly. And they'll they'll happily throw more food on the grill. Exactly. And you um, could have told, you could have said that, honestly, after what I always like to call the elders. After the elders came through the line, that was a perfect time to say, okay, hey, uh, I don't think we're going to have enough food here to mm-hmm. feed the other 75 people in that room right now. Yeah. Um, we need to go get some more food. Hey, can you guys throw something going? I mean- and you know, unless the kitchen is closed, which in that rest in that hotel, I don't think the kitchen was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, which they're gonna take that money. <laughs> which hotel was it? I'll bleep that out. Okay, uh, it was the okay uh, in Murfreesboro. Gotcha. Um, just just so I know. Yeah, we're not we'll gonna to, we're, we're not gonna call them. Out. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we we'll to bleep out Bojangles. You don't get free advertisement around here. Yeah, Bojangles. Um, not around here. So if you want to sponsor us though, hey, I'll eat some chicken. I'll eat some chicken and a biscuit. And I've never actually had Bojangles. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, cheaper than 30 bucks. Um, cheaper than 30 Yeah, okay, a better good. experience. And they actually have <laughs> enough food. Yeah, they, have, they actually have <laughs> enough food. Um, I don't know. There's, I've, I've been in... <laughs> there's nothing worse than going into your local KFC and them saying, I'm sorry, today we're out of chicken. Excuse me? It's in the name. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> Which is which is hilarious, you know. Yeah. That's just that's not something you expect. That's yeah. not something you want. That's not an image you want for your business, right? Um, God, that, that was awful. Yeah, Ken- but um, Kentucky Fried Chicken without so it's just fried Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Huh. Good old fried Kentucky. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work. But um, yeah, that was just a, a crazy monumental experience. Mm-hmm. Also, um, family, I'll realize this: though the state you live in may legalize marijuana. Um, it's not a requirement. Check the state that you are going to and make sure that it is legal there. Um, and even if it is, it's probably not okay to smoke right outside the front door of the hotel lobby. And hmm. I mean, like, right outside the door. Just, that's just a little footnote. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do, your, do your research. Don't, don't, don't do that. Oh, do yeah. your research. Um, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Hey, maybe thing. that's why you ran out of food. Everyone was just smoking weed outside. I, I, that's probably why we ran out of food. Um, everybody had the munchies, and, like, everybody ate up all the food. I did. Well, that blew my mind. I just walked outside like, okay, this is, we're really doing this today. Hand smoke that shit out here. Uh, 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 another another side note. Um, if if your family members or your uh, sons or daughters um, are, if they bring their significant other and they are not married to that significant other, do not announce them as they lady friends or they man friends. That's, that's La- just, lady friends or man friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, um, stay classy, Nashville. Stay classy. Let's not do that. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> I sure. I can see Uncle Jerry or whatever his name is. Oh, this is, this is Baron's lady friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can actually, but not from your own dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if your dad comes up there and he's like, these are my seven kids, and they got their lady friends with them. Um, that's Vegetica or whatever the hell her name is, and whatever her girl over there, I don't know her name is, but her back there. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that because I guarantee you, at least half that crowd's going, "Oh my god, what the hell?" 
Like, what? Did they announce it, like, to the whole group? Yeah, oh, no, no. So we had this segment, which I was very, very uncomfortable with. Uh, I'm not a big um, crowd person. Sure. Um, uh, anxiety, coming up and standing up in front of people and trying to talk and things yeah. like that. That's why um, we record in a exactly, small room Exactly, that's why we're in a small room, in a dark room, quiet, and uh, <laughs> we'll just make it happen here. Um, where they had this segment where you had to go through and, and you know, um, a member from the family stood up and said, hey, because like I said, there was eight brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the children would stand up and say, I am the child of this person. And I am here with my brother and I have this many kids. Their name are, you know, this, this, this. Their kids are this, this, this. I felt so bad for my mom because she had to come to us and like she didn't have no kids. <laughs> She's like, these are my kids. And I got married and I got some grandkids that way. It's like, yeah, no, you got enough for me. Sorry. Um, these are my kids and I'm hounding them to have more. <laughs> exactly. Well, especially after like every other cousin went and she's like, wow, all your cousins have kids. Some of your cousins have grandkids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, uh, some of my kids, cousins are also 30 with grandkids. So I'm good on this notion. <laughs> Thank you. Um, not not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, don't 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 announce your family out like that. But that was a segment when I had to go around and had to say, you know, this is my family. We're preceded by this person, this person, this person. So yeah, some guy literally came up there and said, these are my boys, da da da, and they got their lady friends with them. I can't know, I don't know half their names, but there's this person and there's this person. And the rest of y'all can just stand up. Yeah, like dude, like they probably would have been, they, they would have been okay with just sitting and not having to stand up and not been noticed. Kind of, kind of side note, something like that kind of happened to me. Uh-oh. Um. Like this was, this was a horrible s- scenario where we like where we were at the time. It was my grandparents' joint funeral. Oh God! And I saw people that I could swear I've never met before. But right. They were like, "Oh, how's how, how's your life going?" And like they knew everything about me. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. "I don't that know who you are." Like, and my, at the time, my brother uh, had just got his undergrad, mm-hmm. got a uh, consulting job in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then was going to Ohio State for his master's degree, and. They were all very interested, like, oh, you're getting your master's, you got this big job in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, Mike, what are you up to? And I, I play the drums. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. what are you going to college for? Playing playing the drums. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I instantly, all three people just went, oh, and then walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. I disappointed everyone at my grandparents' funeral. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I have that notice because it's I'm very proud of my younger sister. She's brilliant. She's one of the smartest people I know, and she's going to school to be a pharmacist. Uh, and of course, we want to make sure she gets all the accolades that she you know deserves from them. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, and especially the family, more so the extended family. Very, very proud of her. Um, but yeah, you always kind of have this situation. It's like, oh, what's she doing? Oh, well, you know, she's graduated from here and now she's in pharmacy school and da 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 da, and she's doing a residence here. Like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm still working at the same place, doing the same thing. No, I don't have any kids. Um, no, 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 no. This year was a little different mm-hmm. uh, because I was I was given a heads up about uh, accolades and. Uh, my mom actually called me and wanted to know if it was okay if, well, sorry. She didn't want to know if it was okay. She was just straight up asking if she was going to do this until I kind of steered her away a little bit. 
But uh, they were doing a segment where they were going to uh, announce the accolades of all the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, so on and so forth. Of course, my sister. Just, just a sh- yeah, sh- yeah, shout like, out the like, one hey, that didn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> if we don't know your name, you know who ain't doing shit. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing right there, which I was already kind of like, oh, this is not going to be good. But uh, she decided that she wanted to try to uh, give a shout out to um, the pet project we have that we're working on right now. Um I decided to steer away, not the podcast, something else you guys will learn about a little later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to steer her away from that. It's like, I, I don't want that to get out too much right now. Yeah. I, I got some nosy-ass cousins. They're, they're money-grubbing, so let's just keep them away and, until I get all things set up and figured out first. Uh, and so I decided just to give her the presentation of our business. Sure. Um, which, you know, uh, something we've been working on for a while that we actually have made legit. Uh, that was great. That was something I was able actually to put down and say, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I technically do this. I almost forget about that sometimes. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess I do kind of own part of a business here. Yeah. Um, so that was good to have actually like, get them to say that. And that's funny because I actually kind of went through the announcements. I got out of there before they started pointing people out and saying, this person right here does this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to scoot out this door and not say bye to any of you. Um, now, was your was your lady friend there? No, no, no. Uh, um, now... <laughs> Initially, I planned on taking her with me. Because, um, I mean, we've been together more than long enough for her to be the, more than welcome to come. Of course, family have known her for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, uh, I had I told her, didn't ask her, I told her, because it's going to be like a little punishment, because I'm forced to go to every family, family function she has. Um, told her, hey, you're coming to this thing. And I started learning out a little bit more and more and more about the whole process of what was going down in here. Uh, and then I kind of kind of put myself in a doghouse a little bit by re- resending a family <laughs> reunion <laughs> invitation to my girlfriend. Uh, that was pretty bad to go in and say, hey, I want you to go to this family reunion. With us. Hey, I decided to take you off the list. You're not going to come with me now. Um, yeah, uh, she was pretty pissed, to say the least. Um, but then I explained to her the same aspect of like, hey, this is not necessarily something I want to go to. This is not necessarily something I want to do. I'm more so doing this to... Make my mom happy, make mm-hmm. my grandparents happy. Just what they want me to do, I'm going to go to appease them. I'm always going to do anything I can to appease them. Um, I mean, there are people to raise me and to have a lot of respect for them, so we're always going to go that route. Uh, uh, but my main thing was, yeah, uh, it's $30 a person, and I damn sure ain't paying 60 bucks for both of us <laughs> to come. Uh, love you, sorry, no ma'am. Uh, so you have fun here at the yeah. house, uh, which, which is great because then that just would have made to count 13 people who didn't get any food. Um, there we go. Which, well, yeah, definitely would have sucked. Shout out to you. There we go. Uh, <laughs> once again, I won't put it completely on the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting back to the catering thing real quick. Yeah. There's one big point I wanted to put in there was the bar situation. Gotcha. Um, Things would have been a lot smoother if there was an open bar. Or just a bar. Uh, now, that, now there, was, there was a bar in the lobby. There was okay. a hotel bar in the lobby. Um, I definitely went by that bar. For sure. Uh, <laughs> this was before I, was, I found out there was no food. Uh, otherwise, I might not have went to the bar and got what I got before. I went yeah. back to it. Uh, still made it home all right. Yeah. Very good. Um, just one drink. One, but, th- um, one thing with uh, catering bars is making sure if you know if it's cash bar or open bar. Right. Um, I had one situation where I came into work on my day off because I had to pick up something. Mm-hmm. And there was a party going on that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Which, kudos to the com- uh, the communication in the, at that 
particular establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not tell me to order extra stuff for the party. Mm-hmm. So they're just taking bottles away from the actual restaurant in the, in the, or the yeah. hotel. So I get in there and I'm like, where's all the Grey Goose? Where's like, where's everything? They're like, oh, the catering people took it. I'm like, uh-huh. No, they didn't tell me about that. They don't get booze. Yeah. Like, well, it was like they took five bottles of Jack Daniels. I'm like, that's all we had. We got a restaurant full right now. And, and somebody ordered a shot of Jack. We're screwed. Yeah. We're like, oh, sorry. It's back there. And no, you can't go back there. It's a private party. Um, so I walk in and I go to the uh, like the host. I'm like, hey, did you guys order alcohol? Mm-hmm. She was like, no. Why would we? I mean, it's it, it's open bar. Mm. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Uh, all right. <laughs> you got to tell the establishment, hey, we want an open bar. So apparently what, what had happened was they just set up a bar and... Self-served alcohol. Self-served. That's, well, they, well, they, brought, they, brought, yeah, they brought in a bartender and, right. and everything from the um, banquet staff. But they just set up the bar and they were like, oh... We don't have any booze, so they went into the liquor cabinet and just started crying yeah. stuff, and which completely screwed us for the rest of the week. And now I'm running around trying to figure out how to get a quick order in, so I can. Oh yeah, you're calling all your distributors, saying, yeah. "Hey, can I meet you somewhere? Can yeah, you please, like, like I'll meet you in the sketchy, like, the sketchiest run- part of town. Yeah, and I'll meet you at that KFC. Uh, I'll meet you at that KFC buffet to, <laughs> to pick up some booze, and and just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm in just shorts and a t-shirt. And right. I'm technically the... Looking pretty sketchy now. At this yeah, point. looking pretty straggly. I just went ran in, ran in real quick. And now I was there for three hours talking with the banquet staff and the host of the party about trying to get alcohol for them. Didn't help that the air conditioning was off and didn't uh. work. So back there was... It was everyone was sweating yeah. their Get yeah, better for you at all. Yeah. And they're like asking me to fix the air conditioning. I'm like, I'm a fucking bartender. <laughs> see, do you think I know how to do this? <laughs> and see, guys, we're, can we're you gonna, see that I'm not working right now? And <laughs> we're, we're going to have a future episode and it's going to be more about um, just bitching. Well, it's going to, well, <laughs> it's going to be about the restaurant industry, which in sense is just bitching. Yeah. Um, and, and one of those things we're going to point on to is that, uh, no matter what position you work, especially if you're a cook, your job is not just to cook. Yeah. Um, you somehow become the maintenance guy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if you're a host, you're thinking, "Hey, I'm just gonna go sit these people and make sure they're okay." Mm-mm. You're no, busting tables. No, you're running food. You're gonna you're gonna be the bus boy. You're gonna be the food runner. And chances are, you're gonna be the person outside doing the signage. Heck, they might have you watering plants. It's Oh yeah, there, there's just so much more that comes into it. Yeah. so we'll we'll get into that on another episode. Oh, I, I was a host. Get this, <laughs> oh, I was that's a host. I started off. At. Yeah, I. Well, <laughs> neither of us are short guys. No, and we have pretty deep voices. Yes, everyone else that was a host was a tiny four, little girl, four foot five. Not four foot five. That's pretty yeah. short. Five, five 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 something. Just a tiny little girl mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah we'll we'll take you to your table and then I'm like can I help you oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. see I was the enforcer like yeah well if you can hear you can hear that couple in the back yelling I don't care what they tell me we're gonna get a booth I don't care if they ain't got a booth they're gonna cook somebody else at that booth and I'm gonna take that booth and they cause they see the little girl and then they come up there there gonna be a table for two yep yeah table for two alright follow me this way oh yeah it, 
question that booth never came up. <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually I always had the, the lowest voice. There was one day where I'm like, hey, can I help you? And I'm kind of like looking down at the chart mm-hmm. and everything. And then I hear an even deeper voice and I have to look up at someone. You saw Barry White, didn't you? I did not see Barry White. Oh, no. James Earl Jones. But wh- no, what I did see was five linemen from the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, that'd do it too. That's not why I expected that. And it go. scared the <laughs> hell out of me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Keeping alcohol stocked is just as important as food. Um, a lot of people, I mean, don't drink, and a lot of people drink for them. Yes. Oh, um, I definitely drink for them. Yes. And. Making sure you got enough variety. You got a vodka, gin, rum, tequila. Absolutely. Um, a whiskey, maybe mm-hmm. a scotch. Yeah. Depending on the type and, of crowd. And that's one of those things you kind of got to judge your yeah. judge your crowd. You can kind of tell like, hey, mm-hmm. if this is a, hey, we're we're celebrating a 50th school union. You're probably going to have a couple old school cats in there that likes their Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. It takes you kind of you got to kind of know that kind of information. Yeah. And that just comes with time. That comes with um, just learning on the job of being able to take people out and kind of discern what they kind of like. And that's a good job of a bartender to be right. able to if you don't have to look at someone and kind of say, yeah. If you don't have Johnny Walker, then pour a shot of Jack and throw a cigarette button there. It's probably uh, there you go. Like, there you go. Sorry, Johnny Walker. I'm not a fan. Uh, no, sorry, Jacks. I'm not a fan either. Yeah. Um, well, we're in Tennessee. I don't know if we can say that. I'm from Tennessee. There ain't nothing good about Jack Daniels. <laughs> There ain't nothing good about mixing it with your Mountain Dew. Oh. Y'all go the hell on somewhere else with that shit. I remember, I remember people mix stuff with a lot of Gatorade back in the day. Oh, oh, no. See, that was a trick because, see, what the Gatorade does is help you get into your blood system quicker. Well, that's what, like, Coke does, too. Oh, well, yeah, well, some people don't necessarily want to do Coke. Right. Wait, wait, what kind of Coke are you talking about here? Cola. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, the, everybody's not trying to get drunk. The, like, the, like, the, I got to do a blow real quick. The legal <laughs> one. <laughs> got to do a line of blow to get drunk real quick. I don't know. It's going to make this alcohol go a lot quicker. Um, well, yeah. Well, go, Coke's going to be a mixer, but I but guess I, something do, like. Does Gatorade, is it like an electrolyte thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it's what, how it's built and pro- processed. It's supposed to be something uh. that helps rehydrate you really quickly and put all these electrolytes back in your body. So I guess if you, uh, you just kinda, mix it with some vodka, then. Oh, uh, just like sneaking your buddy in the back door type it, of thing. Uh, well, no, then they used to do that too with hoses and, and vodka bottles, but nobody's sneaking nothing in the back door. Well, people probably still talking, do that crap. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I never wanted to be drunk that bad. I never want to be drunk that bad. Uh, it'll just be a bad night. Jack, That'd be a bad night. <laughs> Jack and Mountain Dew. That's the reason Oof. why they created Mountain Dew. Was a paired with that is the creation of Mountain Dew, my friend. Mountain Dew was created here in Tennessee to be a mixer to go with Jack Daniels. Hold on, I can't tell if you're kidding right now. I am not kidding. This is a true thing. <laughs> this is a true thing. That is the creation of Mountain Dew. I'm googling this. Yeah, Google it up. But yes, Mountain Dew was created to pair with Jack Daniels. Um, though I do love Mountain Dew. Well, in my younger days, I did love Mountain Dew. Now I can't stand it. What you right, say, So the Wikipedia page says Tennessee bottlers Barney and Allie Hartman developed Mountain Dew as a mixer in the 1940s. Soft drinks that were sold regionally in the 1930s. And the Hartmans had difficulty in Knoxville obtaining their preferred soda to mix with liquor. Preferably whiskey. Preferably whiskey. Oh, son of a bitch. See, that's what your Mountain Dew's for. It's not about getting hyped up, Chet. 
supposed to, supposed to mix it with your jack. <laughs> oh, and so so with that being known, that everybody just go out there. That just ruined Mountain Dew for me. <laughs> See, right? <laughs> it didn't ruin like, Jack. I'm sorry, bad. I'm sorry. But yes, now go out there and go get day. you a fifth of Jack. Or go get you a half pint. Go get you a half pint of Jack if you can find it, and go get you a can of Mountain Dew and put those two together. I would say it's better as a chaser than a mixer. There's no way in hell you're going to catch me mixing my Jack Daniels and my Mountain Dew. I'll mix up my Jack Daniels with my apple juice before I mix I up that with my Mountain I wouldn't Dew. even keep them in the same cabinet. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, no. Well, those are two things don't stay in my house, Mountain Dew and, and uh, Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah, you got a kid. I, yeah. You well, want to keep the sugary stuff. No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's, it's gross. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, like, no. If, if I'm going to go whiskey, if we're going to do advertisement on whiskey, Jameson. Oh, Jameson. Whiskey for gentlemen. Yes. Um, Looking I, I, I on the Irish mountainside. Right. I won't knock Jack too bad. Uh, Gentleman Jack's not bad. The single barrel Jack's pretty good. Single barrel, single barrel Jack's pretty good. Yeah. Um, their some, Jack Rye is yeah, not bad. Some of their Select Reserve Jack is but really, really good. Those are some regular um, black label Jack Daniels. God, God, that crap is awful. God, that that that's the shit they used to put into like their 1950s motor vehicle to get down the street to make them run. Like you just throw a pint of Jack in that bad boy. You guys you did some, some weird down door. here in the south. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. You're a Yank. That's right. Um, yeah, we definitely do some weird shit. Yeah. In the South. I'm from Wisconsin. We no. just we just put alcohol in our bodies as a job. <laughs> yeah, see, no, in, in the South, what we do is instead of trying to steal your daddy's liquor bottle, what you do is you go up to the racing track and you go get this octane fuel mm-hmm. and you start chugging that shit. That's what we do down yeah. here. Uh, not me, but there, there's some shit going on in the hills not yeah. too far from home. There's a there's a big thing like especially up in Wisconsin or especially the Midwest, like country. Mm. Side Midwest is you just go around racing and, fuel. No, you just go around to people's garages and because everyone's got a fridge in their garage. Yeah, er, well, yeah, well, it's Wisconsin, there. so everybody does have a fridge in their garage and it's yeah. always filled with beer. It's always just filled with beer. Yeah, and they're way too trusting up there. So in a small yeah, well, yeah, town, yeah, yeah. like they open. won't even be home and their garage doors open. Yeah. So oh, I knew so many people that just went around to. I went garages. to the Johnson's house and got some beer. They let you have some, dude. The door was open. The door was open. <laughs> He grabbed it out. He, he left his fridge door open. Hell, too. Was, yeah. They were getting hot. <laughs> I was doing the beer a favor. Yeah. But, no, it was just, we ran. just <laughs> having a party in someone's garage when you're 16. Oh, yeah. Or just going around someone else's house and grabbing a six-pack out of their fridge. Because the door was open. See, and that's, that's, that's I a actually nor- never did that. That's a more of a northern thing where you go to somebody's house and you get into their garage and go into, uh, get into the fridge in the garage and grab yeah. beer. And then you go to, or have me. a garage party or something like that. In the South, what it was is that you found this little old lady who still ran this little bitty store down here on the corner who she couldn't tell if you were 12 or 50. <laughs> so she sell you alcohol, she sell you cigarettes, and you just go to the nearest field, and you're fine. Jesus. Just drive out there in the field. Yeah. Anybody out there in the field? Some, some turkeys would be all right. Wow. Yeah, I just had my brother buy me booze. I didn't. I didn't really want to go that. Extent. Oh no, no, Miss Knight, Miss Knight's Market, right out there on Dickinson Road. She's still there, <laughs> opening operation. That lady's like 112. She's still running it. You could be 15 walking there and say, "Yes, ma'am, I want to grab a Coke 45, uh, two zigzags, and baby, that is all I need." And she say, "5:45, there you go." And kick you on out the door, no problem. That's just that's that's how it always was. So I remember how many times. Fine woman right there. I know how many times I went over there and like my buddies that got high school. I didn't smoke. I didn't do anything bad. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, and hit. Um, but, I mean, I would ride up there with them. And they're like, no, I'm going to go to Miss Knight's. I'm like, dude, you're like literally 15 years old. There's no way you're going to get cigarettes. He walking there. I need two packs of Marlboro Lights. 
Hmm. There you go. Walk out the door. They were cheap as hell. No ID. And then, yes, we literally went to the nearest field. Or if there was a good rain, we went to the nearest place we thought we could do some good mudding. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to, like, parks and stuff. Like. Yeah, like, no, we didn't go to. Well, you know, especially depending on what side of Nashville you're yeah. on. This is also after college, like after I started college, because I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't really drink in high school. Um, I well, not even nice. I didn't drink in high school either. I didn't start drinking. I think it was my senior year. Right? My freshman year of college when I kind of started partying. Yeah. When I say party, I mean like me and like it was a it was a fucking sausage yeah. fest. I got, accol- <laughs> I got I got acclimated my senior year of oh, high okay. school and then <laughs> made me ready for college. Mm. Um, but I was I mean I was a tennis player. I couldn't get caught doing anything and. Um and stuff like that. Um, I was, I was a bluegrass player. I, it was expected of me. Well, right. I um, boy, if I see you at ten o'clock at night and you got a gig, you better be half lit and you better have a pack of Marlboros in your pocket. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. If you ain't got the Marlboros, you better have a scoop of dip. Okay. Oh, get get old get old lipper in there. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh dip lip. I, All I, that fly done landed and shit on my dip lip. Dude, I I chewed for. Eight years. Did you really? Yeah. I never. I've never chewed. Never yeah. chewed. My oh, dad God. chewed, and I don't know if like that's where I kind of got the idea. But I just remember being in college mm-hmm. and like playing poker with some buddies, and one of them had a can of dip. And I was like, "All right, let's do this." And yeah, and it's just how it started. It was just playing poker all the mm-hmm. time. You you, and, you were knowledgeable enough not to swallow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's, that's I, I, I've never gotten sick off of it, but then I was chewing God, 10, maybe 10 and a half a day. for, And I, I quit last May. Really? I haven't touched it since. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never, um, I don't think I've ever even put any in my mouth, actually. Oh, that's it's crazy because, like. It's my, wonderful. Huh? Really? Yeah, it, it's definitely a different type of buzz you get, especially the first time. Right. A lot um, better than a cigarette. Oh, 100 percent Your yeah. your legs get tingly and nice and warm. <laughs> and you just hold and then you. next thing you know, kids, you're having a stroke. Yes. Um, um I do not condone it anymore. I didn't really condone it when I did it, but Yeah, I, I mean I had like my, I think my great grandfather dipped. Um my grandfather on my mom's side smoked cigars. My grandfather on my dad's yeah. side smoked type pipe tobacco. Um, so it was almost inevitable I was going to catch on to something. Yeah. Um, uncle smoked cigarettes, so I, I ended up smoking cigarettes. And I've yeah. quit on and off, on and off, and tried to vape. And yeah. I don't know. It, all it takes, if I start vaping, and vaping doesn't bother me, um, I don't do it at work. I've gotten to the point where, honestly, I only do it maybe on the ride to work a couple times, maybe on the ride home a couple times. But it's gotten to the point now where um, you, you have probably about um, – 10% worth of patience in me mm-hmm. when I'm vaping uh, versus a cigarette. So uh, you say something wrong to me like twice, <laughs> I'm either going to have to smoke a cigarette or I'm going to yeah. be like a spider monkey. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose it. Uh, um, well, like with, with Chew, like, I don't know if this was a common thing, but when like when you want to smoke a cigarette, you just want to smoke a cigarette. Um, you're kind of like, all right, I got to get that quick yeah. nicotine right now. But whenever I needed to chew... My entire bottom jaw would hurt, and like huh. it would slow down my speech even because like my jaw hurts so much. And, and you want to know how Southerners talk with that draw? See, here's the th- <laughs> here's the thing. I think people chew more in the North. Oh, uh, really? 
Well, it, like up in Wisconsin and like rural Illinois huh. and Minnesota, it's all just a bunch of farmers. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I'm also thinking of, you know, Middle Tennessee, how it was 15 years ago where it was still just a lot of farmers. Yeah. I mean, you still had Nashville, but Nashville was nowhere near as. Yeah. I guess I don't know much about no. like different parts of the South because I've only lived in Nashville. Right, right, right. Um, um yeah, there, there's, it, it can be a complete culture shock. And this is for, um, well, I guess we're kind of starting to our next episode. So we're going to yeah. just talk about the South in general, uh, tobacco uses, and just how the South is. All right, yeah. I mean, I guess we're a little out of time right now, so we're going to yeah, yeah. wrap this up. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, my name here is Papa Bear. Uh, <laughs> you can just call me Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's my little southern name right there, Papa Bear. That's what my little ones call me. That's what the wife calls me, so we're just going to go by Papa Bear. I should say wife, significant other wife soon. Soon it's going to come. It's going to happen. Lady friend. Lady friend. <laughs> my special lady friend over there. Golly, we're not going to do that again. Um <laughs> But no, yeah, I think that's gonna be the end of the episode. Uh, like I said, my name's Pop Bear. We got Mike over here, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed what we did today. And we're gonna uh, hopefully have uh, a lot more content in the future. Uh, we'll be talking about just different experiences we've had at the bar, working in the bar industry, working in the restaurant industry, uh, family in general, and just everyday life and things you would talk to each other every day if you just went to a bar and ran into a random person. The kind of conversation that's been off that, because trust me. Everybody wants to talk. Somehow, some way, you go to a bar, you want to sit there quietly by yourself. Everybody wants to talk to you for some reason. So we'll go by those conversations that we decide to have, and uh, we'll go forward with that. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, gentlemen, ladies, y'all have a great afternoon.